0: Welcome back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yes, it is Birds at the Buy. We're live today at Chickie's and Pete's in South Philadelphia. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, Midday Show. Come on out. We're here all day broadcasting live until 7 p.m. And then we're going to jump behind the bar at 6. for some guest bartending. The proceeds today go to the great Travis Mannion Foundation. Come on out. South Philly here. And, Hugh, we've uh, we've had a treat the first couple hours. We've had great guests with John Ritchie and Rhea Hughes in the first hour. The Go Birds guys last hour. And now a special treat this hour, as reunited with us right now on the Midday Show, Glenn Macnow and Ray hey Ray Diddy. How are we doing, guys? Glenn, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. You know
0: how to mix a drink, do you? I want to learn tonight at 6 o'clock. No, actually, I don't. You know what? It, it, I, mo-
1: d- I don't know how. I mean, do you know how to pour a beer? Yes.
0: Okay. Certainly. That'll be 95%. I can it. do that.
2: Speaking of beer.
1: You got more beer?
2: Man, listen. Well, Glenn always like, like comes Glenn, with gifts. like I just found out about bourbon beer, like what? Three weeks ago. Barrel-aged bourbon beer. Yeah. And, and that's, Glenn, that's your wheelhouse. Like, like, he has given me, like, awesome beers every week. And I just tweeted out one. This one's called Seven Deadly Sins. I haven't had a bad one yet. Now, I got to tell you, if you drink this, you got to be, you got to just going to put some hair on your chest. <laughs> But this is some <laughs> some going to put right you here. to bed. Yeah, that's right. what gonna, gonna, you gonna, you gonna it's going to do. You're going to definitely go night-night. Like, night. Like that's a
1: big <laughs> bottle. It's a 14%. Just don't drink it more than 10 feet from your bedroom. Oh, that's yeah, it, I'm going to drink idea. these at
2: home. These are, these are like nightcaps.
3: Enjoy. <laughs> <This> Ray, <laughs> how are you today? Right. Good I'm you. I'm very well, Joe. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing
1: well.
0: And, and obviously, uh, the whole fan base is doing well because we have an 8-1 football team that right now has the best record in the National Football League as we sit here at the buy, and we know this tough stretch is coming up. We'll get to that. Uh, let's start with this, guys, because... Ray, the team's been excellent now for the two years, right? They, bear, they almost never lose a football game. Last year, it felt more dominant week to week for me than this year has. Ray, when you look at this team through the nine games, do you believe we're watching a truly great football team or a very good football team that is winning
3: in their way every single week? How do you frame what you've seen so far? Well, I said, Joe, I said before the season started um, that I felt coming in that the Eagles were the best team in the NFL going into week one. And I've been around this team and covering this team and talking about this team for more than 50 years. And that was the first time, the very first time, that in week one I could ever honestly say going in, I think the Eagles are the best team. I didn't feel that way during the Vermeil teams, even though there were some good ones. I didn't feel that way with the Andy teams, even though there were some good ones. Uh, And I certainly didn't feel that way with the Peterson team that wound up actually winning a Super Bowl. But I thought just in terms of the 53-man roster coming into the season, the Eagles had the best roster in the NFL. And to this point, that's why it's not a huge surprise to me to see them sitting where they are right at at 8-1. Ray
2: Ray Diddy, you've been watching the Eagles for a long time, but I I just want to ask you, am I being a little bit overly cautious or overly concerned with with the, the sloppy play? that I've seen in the NFL. I'm talking about in two-minute drills and things like that. Mm-hmm. Not so much the Eagles, but across the NFL. Oh, no. And, and am, I, am I being a little bit overly concerned, like, looking at this team, thinking that that could be something that could potentially, you know, snake bite them if, as we go through the rest of the season?
3: It could. It could. But I think, I think you said it very well, you. I mean, that's what the Eagles are, but that's what the whole league is. And I was just saying to Glenn before we came on here that I'm in a different kind of position now because I'm sort of – a little bit removed from it, so I'm now watching the whole league and not necessarily just focusing in on the Eagles. So I'm watching all the teams out there, and the level of play in the NFL through the first half of this season, you, is not very good. And it's sloppy at
2: the end of the game. It's, well, that
3: Monday night game was ridiculous at the end with the the Bills running the the, the Bills and Broncos, oh, right? The field goal oh, at the end it was oh, insane. Please. Oh, it's terrible. It's, too many it, men on the field. It's really bad. And I, the only thing, and I said this to, to Glenn, too, I said the only thing that's been worse to me than the overall play in the NFL for the first half of the season has been the officiating. I mean, the the officiating, which I didn't think could get much worse than it was, has been just god-awful. So you get the combination of those two things. Look, I know everybody's excited, and you should be excited, having an 8-1 football team. But looking around the state, the overall health of the NFL right now, not a great product right now through half a season. Glenn, do you believe this Eagles team? is a truly great team, or are they just the
1: best of whatever this league is at this date? I think if you're the best team in the league, you're a truly great team. And <clears throat> you know, maybe in 25 years when they write the best teams of the 20th century, this one may not make it. But here's, here's a comparison I'll give you. When the Phillies won the World Series in 2008, were they a truly great team? They were not. And who'd they beat in the World Series? Tampa Bay. Right. And They didn't have to face Boston, and, and, and you know, it, it fell their way. Do we feel any the worse for it that we had that parade? We don't. No. Of course not. So if the Eagles win, we're not going to. I mean, we can do it now, and I'm not trying to, to argue with your premise, but in the end, if they win the Super Bowl we're not going to care if they're truly great because they're going to be the best there is and we'll get our parade.
0: Well, that's, that's for, that's for sure. And Ray, it feels like over the next four to five weeks, but certainly the next four, we're going to have a better answer to this question, right? We're we're here today at eight and one at the buy and they're the best team. The next four games are going to give us a real strong sense of they're truly great. They're really good. What they are. How, when you look at this stretch, first of all, it feels like this is pretty rare to face this many good teams. Now, Buffalo is not what we thought maybe, and they're, you know, they are might miss the playoffs. But to face this many good teams in a row – Feels like a super challenge, Ray. What do you expect in the next five games? I mean, because we've debated earlier in the show, some people believe they're going to go five and zero, like they just win every week, so we're going to keep winning every week. <laughs> I, I think three and two feels like a very—I I would take that outcome. Where, where do you lie when you look at the next five games? Just how challenging this is?
3: Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you, ex, I'm glad you said five games because I hear people saying four, and I say don't sleep on that Seattle game, of course, because you've got four really tough games coming up. And then you've got Seattle in Seattle the week after that. And anybody they're that no knows. They're no slouch, right? Anybody, hmm? They're no slouch. <laughs> no slouch. Anybody that knows their Eagles history knows the Eagles record against Seattle. It's It ain't good. And it's especially not good in Seattle. So to play that at, at, at the tail end of that stretch is going to be a real challenge. I mean, when, looking at this a few weeks ago, I mean, I was looking at, the five teams and saying you know they're playing five playoff teams really in reality now you can quibble about whether buffalo is or isn't at this point now but still yeah it's a very tough stretch Um, and listen if they you said three and two joe if they do three and two that they will have done very well because all you have to do really in my view is get the number one seed in the nfc that to me is absolutely critical. It's bigger than it's ever been now. Now that there's no two, now that that only one team gets the bye, and you get the whole home home run, the number one seed has never meant more. And so if the Eagles can just get through this at three and two, there's no doubt that they will then be the number one seed in the NFC. And if they're the number one seed in the NFC, I mean they'll be a prohibitive favorite to go back to the Super Bowl.
2: Ray Diddy, I'm I'm curious. Like when you look at this bye week and the Eagles being in it. What is the biggest deficiency in your mind that they had to clean up? Was it the running game or was it the secondary play, especially at that, at middle, that middle part of the field, the linebacker spot? Which one was more important for you?
3: The secondary. The secondary. And, and, I, and I include the linebackers in there too. That just, just your general pass defense to me was the biggest concern. And, you know, I, I, I think the addition of Bernard will, will help. Um, but I think the biggest thing – and this, if you're an Eagles fan, this is what you're hoping for, is they have had so many changes and so many personnel changes and so, much, so many moving parts in the secondary through the first half of the year that I think they have just had coverage breakdowns, communications breakdowns. I think that accounts for a lot of what's happening in the secondary. So hopefully, if now you have your team, people in place, that over the second half of the year they'll have more continuity and the general effectiveness will be better. I don't disagree with Ray, but
1: my biggest thing that I'm looking forward to coming off the bye is the health of Jalen Hurts Mm. and how that two weeks hopefully gave his knee time to recover because I tie a lot of the running game's deficiency now to the fact that he's no longer a threat to run, so teams aren't defending it. If he comes back healthy or healthier, I think that really picks up. If he doesn't, then I got a concern. Well, I do too. And, and it's interesting, Glenn, the way you frame that because I, I, we looked up the numbers the other day.
0: I think he's only run the ball th- through an RPO play, like kept it and run it himself, yeah. 10 times this season. So right. not it, a
1: scramble, not a touch no, right. So right. If,
0: if I can look that up, every team in the NFL knows it. I, I think you're right that the run game is struggling because teams are not respecting him to keep it and run around. They know he's going to hand it most of the time. And it's just it's weird. Isn't it bizarre to watch five straight weeks where they don't run the football well? This is yeah. such a good running team. After they did it so well, and yes. Swift was
1: great. How great was Swift at the start Amazing. of the season? Yeah. No. And I think, you know, people talk about changes on the offensive line. They've changed the right guard. I'm sure that weighs into it. But to me, the biggest thing is Hurts has to be healthy, so that they respect, they fear the possibility he's going to run. Ray,
0: how do you assess the run game? Because you know they're winning, and Jalen's playing so well as a thrower right now, throwing the ball so well and winning from the pocket. It hasn't felt like it's caught them, but you go to the Cowboys game at the end, they tried to run the ball in the fourth quarter to ice the game. They couldn't do it, right? They kept giving the ball back to Dallas. That's why that game became, you know, tight at the end. What do you think is going on with the run game? Because, you know, since Sirianni got here, it's been phenomenal until the last, you know, month and a quarter.
3: Yeah, um, well, I think you guys just hit on it. I think that the not having the RPO factor, not having the Jalen Hurts threat to run, uh, has changed the way defenses are able to play you. And the other, the other thing is that teams now have had an entire year to study the Eagles' offense and get a better idea of how to deal with it. Because last year, when Hurts was, was healthy and they were running the ball the way they were running the ball, they they were a real challenge for a defense to try and figure out of how course. to defend it. Because there wasn't any other offense in the league quite like it. Nobody was able to run the offense quite the way the Eagles were. And so every other team, I thought, every other defense in the league was behind the curve coming into the, those games. That's not so true now. The combination of they've now had a whole year to study you and they have a better idea of what you want to do, and now you, you limit the opportunities in which you're going to give Hertz the ball to run it, the two things combined have made it a, have, you know, have made it a bigger challenge for the Eagles to run the ball. But for them to, for them to really put the, all components of this team together, they're going to have to start running the ball better in the second half of the year especially in situations like the fourth quarter when you got a lead you know one of those like 5 minute possessions where you just run out the clock i mean we saw that all the time last year mm-hmm. and we haven't had a chance. we have really haven't seen it yet this year
0: now we have it and we're here at Chickie's and Pete's live today for Birds at the Buy. you just heard it Ray not and Glenn now joining us here and don't forget if you're going to go see the Eagles on the road this weekend stop in at Chickie's and Pete's newest location Chickie's and Pete's Kansas City chickiesandpetes.com for details, Hugh Douglas is going to be out there. He's going to Kansas City. He's you're going going the
2: to the game, Hugh? Kansas City? No, I'm not going. To He's Kansas. going to Chickies to come back. I'm going to hang out and come right back. Nice. It's called like a, a overnighter. Junket. Yeah. Good for you. It. Chickies here, Chickies in KC. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm I think gonna, that Chickies uh,
1: in KC probably just uh, stays open
2: based on Andy's. Uh, I think you right about alone. that. Yeah, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be jumping. I might even get a chance to see Big Red asking what the game plan is gonna be. You know, things like that. Nice. Well, yeah, let's, get, let's
0: get to that game because, that you know, we've been waiting for this stretch, and it's obviously a very challenging stretch. And it starts, Glenn, Monday in Kansas City. We'll do the pregame show Monday night. But, yep. you know, there hasn't been a game this season where the Eagles have been underdogs, right? They've been slight favorites in some, but they've basically been expected to win every single game. This is the first time. They're right now, you know, two-and-a-half or three-point underdogs, even, you know, kind of even when you look at the factor in the home field. But they're underdogs. Glenn, when you look at this game, it's, it's interesting. It's a rematch from last year, the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs are a little different. They don't score as much as we're used to. And now they have the best defense they've had with Mahomes. Yeah,
1: their personality has really changed, right? They aren't uh, a team that is looking to outscore you 41-38. They, they are a team that really does have a solid defense. Listen, I'm, I'll make the pick when I see you guys on Monday, but uh, I think we're fooling ourselves to think this isn't a really tough game. I know there's extra motivation. I assume there's extra motivation among the Eagles to get back at that game and certainly players specifically. I heard somebody, I think it was on your your show, maybe it was on the morning show, mentioned Hassan Reddick as a guy who it was Rhea this morning. It was yes. Rhea, right? And I think that's, that's a pretty good point. That said, Kansas City at home, Mahomes, that's a real tough one. Ray, this game, how do you assess this one?
0: Because – it's going to be billed as the rematch. But these teams are different. You know, obviously Hurts isn't running right now as much. And that Chiefs defense, I almost have to do a double-take when I look at the numbers because we're used to them being middle of the pack, bottom third, and, you know, Mahomes just beats everyone with his arm. They're a
3: different team now. Yeah, they are. Um, their defense is uh, is good. I mean, it really is. And I, I give Steve Spagnuolo a lot of credit. He's done a really good job with that group uh, because you're right. I mean, over th- people – over the last few years have become conditioned to the idea that the Chiefs' philosophy is we're just going to outscore you. Um, And now they can win a game with their defense too. Um, They're not running the ball great. Um, Their offense really does revolve around Mahomes and Kelsey. Um, And they've gone through stretches this year where, you know, it's like three and out, three and out, three and out, which is not what you typically see with the Chiefs, but they've had stretches like that. But the defense has been good enough that it's kept them in all of these games, even though they're they're on the minus side of giveaway-takeaway, which is also unusual. You know, if you talk to Andy Reid and, and you got him in an honest moment, which isn't always easy when, to do. When does that occur? It <laughs> <That laughs> might be really hard. You Douglas could probably I think do it. So. I, I think he would level with you. Probably not the rest of us. But he's a little worried about where his team is right now. Their record is fine, but they're not – a little bit like the Eagles. They haven't really had a four-quarter, beginning-to-end, dominant kind of game like we saw pretty much every week last year.
2: Yeah, and the receivers have not been Mm-mm. up to snuff. You know, I, I talked to – I have some friends there, and, and, and to your point, nobody ever comes out and says it. Right. They'll say something like, you know, it's a work in progress, which every team is at this point. But you, there is some concern, I would think, with, with the receiving core down there and the fact that you're end in is, is basically your whole offense. But he's always it. open. Yeah. He's I A.J. Mean, Brown. Bishop, he's open yeah. on every play. Yeah, he's, he's a beast.
1: He is amazing. So just, just to kind of uh, play off of that, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think there's any team in the league this year, and kind of getting back to what you were saying earlier, Joe, that is currently a great team. I now, agree. It can change by January, and some team can really – I looked at Baltimore a couple of weeks ago, like, boy, they're going to be great. They leaked oil. Right, and they leaked oil. Kansas City, we assume, was going to be great. I think there's probably five, maybe a half a dozen teams, the Eagles toward the top of that, that have a chance to win the Super Bowl. But there's no dominant, dominant team this year that you say, boy, they're never going to lose. I agree with that. So let's look at the
0: NFC. And, Ray, you mentioned earlier the, uh, the one seed how important it is. When you look at the NFC contenders, and I, I will include Detroit. I know people are maybe slow on that, but I include them which one concerns you the most or would you at least want to play in january so there's detroit and obviously the usual suspects dallas and san francisco who we know has circled the eagles on their calendar since last january ray of those three teams who's the one that you think should concern the eagles the
3: most i will still say san francisco i will still say san francisco just based on what i think is the strength of their roster i think they have really good players um, now, if you had asked me a month ago that I think they were capable of losing three in a row, I probably would have said no. Uh, and typically, typically teams that lose three in a row in a regular season don't go to Super Bowls. I mean, the three losses in a row in a regular season tells you something. So typically those teams don't fare well mm-hmm. at the end. But the thing is, the 49ers, I, there's just so many good players there that I think they're going to be there at the end. Their uh, A game is very good. Like when they're on, it's like, wow. It, it it really is and there a lot of it depends on the quarterback a lot of it depends on purdy and and how they play uh he's turned the ball over more than he did last year and he's turned the ball over too much but th- i saw an interesting stat on purdy in that he's thrown he has now played 17 he's now played 17 games he's now played the equivalent of a full season Conter- considering he came in late last year and now he has this year so now you have basically a season sampling of what he's capable of doing, uh, and he's been very good. I mean, he's completing 69% of his passes, averaging almost nine yards an attempt, which is all very good. Um, he has eight interceptions total, but six of them, yeah. six of them, have been in the second half of games when he's been trailing. So that tells you if is he is he right now at this point in his career. If the 49ers find themselves behind in a game in the second half, is he a guy on that last possession or two possessions that can put together that 85-yard drive under that kind of pressure? He still has to prove that he can do that.
0: I think that's fair. And, yeah, I mean, his numbers are ridiculous. We, we still think him sometimes like, oh, he was the last pick in the draft. Obviously, he works that offense. Glenn, the Niners have a good A game. We know Dallas and Eagles always seem to have good matchups against each other. And then there's Detroit, who is the new kid on the block in this. Glenn...
1: Of the three, which one's the biggest challenge? I think it's Detroit. I do. Uh, I think the Niners have kind of stumbled, and they've had a lot of injuries, and they do. I I, I agree with Ray. They, they have the talent. Detroit can run the ball, and I think that gets important toward the end of the year. Of course, if San Francisco's healthy. They can as well. Uh, Detroit hits. They play hard. That Dan Campbell, everybody joked when he came in about the biting kneecaps and so on, but I think he's for real. He's a good Ray. coach. I think he's a really good coach. So, of those teams, I say Detroit. Dallas is going to have to play on the road. They're not going to win a playoff game on the road. That, that's that's, that's a, a history that goes back a long way that I'll stick with. Detroit in the playoffs, if you have to go there, that one would worry me. So, Glenn, you said that Dallas is going to have to play
0: on the road, and I think you are n- likely 99% right on that, right? The Eagles are going to win this division. Yeah, they're not going
1: to lose the division.
0: Is it locked up right now? Ray, when you look at it, I mean, Dallas' schedule is very light the next month. We know the Eagles' schedule is pretty hard. Do you think it's like no question the Eagles have won this division already? Or do you think Dallas gets back in this thing? Because the next time they play,
3: you know, is after the Eagles difficult oh, no stretch. No, here. Oh, oh no, no, no. I mean the Eagles are certainly they're in, in the driver's seat. Yeah, they're yeah. in the driver's yeah. seat, is safe to say. But by no means. I mean you look at the games that the Eagles have coming up now with Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco versus the three games that Dallas has coming i think it's carolina washington seattle right so they've got three very winnable games the eagles have three really tough games i mean it could come down to that next time you play the cowboys you're playing for first place i don't think it will happen but the way the schedule lays out it could happen and i mean one thing you can say about the cowboys is they're very good at home right now what do they want 12 in a row at home and similar to what glenn was saying about detroit Look, I think if the Eagles get home field, I don't know if there's anybody in the NFC that's going to come in here and beat them in January. But if, if something happens and the Eagles have to go and play a playoff game in Detroit or in Dallas – you know the difference between the teams is such that all of a sudden that game now is in question.
0: Yeah, the silver lining, Glenn, for the division, even if it does get close the way Ray laid out, the Eagles end the, the last season. three games. Giants, Giants, games. The last three games is the,
1: is the JV. Uh, it really, it, you it, know, it might be below that. A- Arizona, Arizona is is clearly tanking. The Giants are not deliberately tanking, but they're doing a great job of well, it. Well, their quarterback, they might have got him out of the, the oh crowd my God. last they're, week. They, uh, you know, God bless that kid. He, yeah. he but he's overmatched. He yeah. shouldn't be in that job, right. But he's got it, and he's going to probably have it for the rest of the year. Yeah, they're going to win those last three games going away and probably be able to rest players as they do it. So if you go 3-2... and two, and, and then the next three, five, games. and then three and zero oh
0: after that. If you go three and two, you you start the party. Well, that's fourteen altogether, right? We do yeah. the math, and that, I think that'd be good enough. Ray, I, I think it it could take fourteen though. When you look at the Lions'
3: schedule, it could take
0: fourteen and three for the Eagles to get
3: the one seed. Yeah, it could, it could. I would ask, I, I I would ask you, Douglas, who's been through the postseason thing before. When you look at the Detroit team, and I, coming into the season, I wasn't a full believer in the Lions. You know, I thought, uh, people are – I think they're getting a little too excited about how good the Lions are and where they could go. Well, I'm a believer now. I think, th- I think they're a legit good team. But how much – if they get into a postseason situation, you, where they're in with the Eagles and the Cowboys and the 49ers who are playoff-tested teams, how much of a disadvantage are they going to be at being – you know, a lot of these guys being through this now for the first time?
2: Well, I, you know, it's funny because, I like, I haven't seen too many Detroit games – but the, their mantra is not the same old Detroit. So they're playing, they're, they're kind of ignorant to everything that's going on. And if they somehow luck up and get a high seed, maybe the number one seed, and you have to go into there, go in there, I, I think they're a problem because of the running game. Like the one thing that I know for a fact is during this time of year, November, December, business decisions are made in the secondary. And I keep saying that, and, and, and you know, it, it's the truth. You got corners. That when they get those big old running backs running downhill, they don't want to make those plays. We've seen it time and time again in, in playoff games where, you know, teams that run the ball well tend, tend to be more effective than teams that don't because nobody wants to tackle. So if, if Detroit figures out a way to get in there and they haven't been in a while, they're going to be a problem.
1: But how much, and, and I think Ray's, this is part of Ray's question. Is playoff experience... I don't think it matters. You don't think it matters? because uh, like, first, like, first time in, they're exam- not going to get the like, jitters. Think about,
2: think about, like, think about example the Cincinnati Bengals and, and how, like, the trends that we follow when, when, say, back in our day when we watched football and, and how things mattered. it's not the same anymore. It's not. Mm-hmm. Teams look at the opportunity, and, and, and you know how it is, Ray. You're told to seize the moment. Mm-hmm. And if the, Detroit has been down for so long, They've been like the last good team they had. I think it was Sam. The, was the quarterback was Bradford and and uh, and Don, Well, they haven't I won know. a playoff game since '91. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah been it's been, been a decades. long time. It's been a long time. They've so. never been in the Super Bowl, yeah. not once. Yeah, so so they're gonna see like they're in a they're in a they're in a, a sweet spot right now where they're getting a whole lot of attention that they haven't had in a long time. They're probably gonna seize the moment. So that's what scares me about them. And like I said, you got an old school coach and Dan Campbell who understands that. This is the time of year where running the ball separates most teams from, from each other. Yeah,
0: and the other thing about them, I know they're young and they've never been here. Of the other three contenders in the NFC, Dak, Purdy, Goff's been to a Super Bowl. He won a road NFC championship game. Like, we don't think of him because he's not great,
1: but, you know, I, he scares me more than Dak in the, does in a game. I was going to say, in a playoff game, I'll take him over you Dak. Know, you, know, you, know what, too?
2: you know what I was told in a situation? Like, it's always great. You, you need a quarterback to make plays in this situation. You don't have to have a Patrick Mahomes. To 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 win a game. You can have a Jerry Goff, especially if you have a strong running game. The best friend of any quarterback is a good running game. Yeah, player.
0: he's he's playing well. 215-592-9494. It is Birds at the Buy midday show. We have Glenn and Ray. They're sticking around next segment. We'll come back, we'll squeeze a call in or two. And we'll get to something Josh said earlier this week that really was interesting about his biggest concern with this team as we come out of the Buy. That's next. All your phone calls coming out. Chickies of Pete's Birds at the Buy. Proceeds today from Crab Fries go to the Travis Mannion Foundation. Great day right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. And let me tell you, my friends over at Fandle, get ready for the NFL week. Start it off right. Right now, all customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay for Thursday at football. It's a great one. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay this week between the Bengals and Ravens. Big game. You'll get bonus bets back if, they don't, if you don't win. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your ch- ch- uh, bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in Fandle's top-rated sportsbook. Yeah, Fandle Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. I really like the Fandle. Uh, visit Fandle.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O so you don't miss out on your chance. To get a no sweat same game parlay in America's number one sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL.